Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. I'm Devin Wilkins, and I'm very pleased to be able to welcome you to Canadians and Old Time Radio. I have something a little different for you from our Made in Canada file. It's actually a documentary about the bloopers, most of which were made in Canadian Old Time Radio. You can find a lot of material about bloopers made on American networks, but and this does have a couple of American bloopers in it, but most of them are Canadian. It was written and narrated by Mike Morrison, and the documentary's title is Beyond Our Control. Well, I better introduce you then. See, we're no Dean. Food? Wait, no, the mic isn't working. Neither is that. They're switched off. Food Facts, a program designed to bring homemakers information to help them with their shopping and to provide current information about farm products. Your about half a century ago, that little fiasco greeted the CBC radio audience from coast to coast. It wasn't supposed to happen, but the technician had unexpectedly switched the studio microphones to on, instead of extending their control to the announcer. A lesser talent than Earl Cameron might have triggered a nationwide epidemic of blushing. As Robbie Burns once pointed out, the best laid plans of mice and men gang off to glee. Indeed, the plans for broadcasting had been well laid. Ever since Mr. Fessenden's invention first hit the airwaves, the wireless was supposed to be a dignified visitor in the drawing rooms of a very conservative audience. In 1932, Carol Gibbons, the renowned solo pianist with London's posh Savoy Hotel Orpheans Orchestra, captured that theme of innocent diversions quite nicely. Rudy Valley later imported this song for use in America. On the air, if you have a little time to spare, you'll enjoy each minute I declare. While we're on the air, you can sing, all your cares won't mean a single thing. You'll be just as happy as a king All the while you sing Though you are near or far That 
makes no difference to me. Just begin tune right in. We're like a big family on the air. Greetings, everybody, everywhere. Just one hour of happiness we'll share while we're on the air. Lofty ideals, indeed. Soon there came projects that were more ambitious and, of course, fraught with opportunity for misadventure. Let's just say radio quickly became hazardous for self-important perfectionists. When you introduce the surprise winner of a federal election, you hardly expect this. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Diefenbaker. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this has been a, a remarkable election with astounding results. I don't know what the future will hold for the Parliament of Canada, but I regret very much indeed that a government has been elected with an overwhelming majority. Of course, I want to congratulate the leader of the Conservative Party on having led that party to victory. As I heard him say not long ago, he has a great responsibility and I hope that with the assistance of his colleagues, he will be able to fulfill it. Hey, we just found Mr. Diefenbaker on the CNE Banshell stage, opening Toronto's annual exhibition. It is my honor and my privilege to declare open this Canadian national expedition. One of the last vestiges of radio's innocent era was Bod's scrapbook, featuring Morris Boddington, with Quentin McLean at the organ. Hearing of his escapade at the window must have caused quite a stir among the kiddies. ...regiment, and stood at attention, oh, and wasn't there lovely music, the music that makes you cry, the music Mama sings softly, she calls it a lullaby. And riding a mouse-sized charger, the tiniest ever seen, out pranced to her faithful fairies, the beautiful fairy queen. To think I should see her, really, to think I should see her there, as I pooped through the bedroom window, perched up on a bedroom chair. With limited time for rehearsal, a copy editor's unexpected sense of humor sometimes made Del Mott's newscast a little more palatable. Lollipop is missing. That's the Navy's name for a big red-nosed balloon which broke from her moorings on a destroyer yesterday at Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. At last report, Lollipop was heading west, trailing a hundred feet of cable. The RCMP and the armed forces have been asked to keep an eye open for the balloon, but Navy officials fear that by now it has gone so high that Lolly has popped. That was the news summary. Now by The control room could double as a church for all the praying that goes on every time a live feed is keyed in. A Polaris test vehicle, forerunner of the missile which nuclear submarines will someday be equipped to fire from underwater, was launched from the ground today at Cape Canaveral. For the on-the-scene story of the launching, as it happened, we switch to Florida. Dick Bate reporting. ...sections of the plant where it will receive further treatment such as being dried, stretched, and rolled into convenient lengths.
Here, the still damp fabric is opened out so that it can feed smoothly into the machines that handle those stages of finishing. Obviously, we're getting a bit of somebody else's program and uh, the A&T feed from Florida. We'll try it a little bit later on the show. Perhaps we can show you the launching of the Polaris. Meantime, we hope the lines will be uh, cleared up and channeled in the right directions. France's president, Rene Coty, today ran into... The devil himself must have stopped the recording machine while they were packaging this religious program. This has been Plain Talk by the Reverend James K. Peganaw of Eglinton Baptist Church, Toronto. Here is the morning hymn. Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Lots of shows were pre-recorded, some just for convenience, others for safety due to the giddiness of the performers. Police inspector Charlie Pearsall and announcer to be Holly always managed to get into mischief. And I'm sure that they will echo my regular safety reminder to make safety work for you. <laughs> Why did you break up? No. <laughs> He's the worst guy to no, I'm terrified of him. <laughs> good performances come from good rehearsals. But you have to wonder why it took a raging conductor to elicit something so angelic. Let the man give you cherries Who did you become? Will you stop that? I can wait until after we're finished before you stand up. You ruined the last damn phrase. Okay. And that was a good take, except for the bloody noise you made standing up. Here we go. Another form of pre-recording was voice tracking, which was recording only the announcer's voice on tape, then integrating his continuity with the music on air. Pretty mind-numbing stuff to record, proving that numb minds say dumb things. The first is a short, slow pavan, the pavan of the Sleeping Beauty. The second is the story of Tom Thumb, when he lost, was lost, uh, hell's teeth. Nearly half a century later, however, Offenbach produced it in Paris in a revised and successful version. The Beethoven setting of the lovely lass of Inverness, as the song was set by Beethoven. Oh, no. This is Hugh Webster saying goodbye and a pleasant Sunday. I'll be with you. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Frank Stolley welcoming you to two hours of fine recorded music. Now until three, the afternoon pop concert. From three until four, the concert hour. Three works on the concert hour this afternoon. The organ concerto number eight in A major by Handel. Serenade to music by Vaughn Williams. 
And the enigma... Oh, my aching back, I've done it again. I've done the same thing again. Put that script down and take today's. i got two shows going at once here. More long-distance wrong numbers now as Capital Report brings live commentary from various world capitals. Never before or since has such confusion ended with such a timely statement. Now from Hong Kong, here is William Stevenson. Pardon me, that was a mistake. Speaking now from London is James Cameron in a moment. He had the word of command to switch the gun. One moment, please. Never a dull moment, nor a really coherent one either. In less than a week, we've dutifully worked up the emotions Correspondents travel far to honor tight deadlines. Sometimes they make the distance between first and worst completely vanish. This is Phil Calder in Ottawa. That was an interview with Phyllis Harrison, the worst, first woman social worker to be posted to the Arctic by the Department of Northern Affairs. Meanwhile, back on assignment, the producer has decided to spiff up an item with some dramatic sounds. He should have left his sound effects to the pros. And now the sound of war in the air. First war. This is the sound of snarling motors and staccato machine guns. It was a momentous occasion for the fledgling television network. CBC was introducing a new delay center in Calgary to unite the east and west segments of the network. All the brass was there, including the CBC's supervisor of broadcast language, John Ray, whose job it was to tell the world how a delay center works. Live to the full network, he switched on his microphone and spoke these words. This is a video tape recorder. It's much like any other tape recorder, except that this machine records both sound and pictures. It must be at the speed, speed at the speed of a turbine of a jet engine in order to crowd all that is needed onto the magnetic tape. Another voice familiar to Canadian audiences was Bruce Marsh. Did you know he was also Canada's first astronaut? Party Line takes you to our observers at the International Jumping Meet near St. Catharines, Ontario. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Bruce Marsh speaking to you about 2,000 miles above Lake Ontario, just off the old Welland Canal. Up until a short time ago, there was a good deal of activity here. After that assignment, I guess Bruce was very happy to become television spokesman for Kraft Foods. More often than not, announcers read radio commercials live, with occasional lapses into the land of misread scripts. Here's Bruce Smith, host of CJBC's Toast and Jamboree. Yes, ladies, you're prettier than you think you are. And you can prove you are with New Palm Olive, the only bleeding beauty soap in the world made with gentle olive oil. Huh, and you thought they were razor nicks. Another announcer who shall remain nameless unintentionally trumped the Happy Gang's writers as he waxed eloquent over the wonders of everyone's favorite desserts. 
Jell-O instant puddings are the fastest desserts you can make. They're lightning quick to make on your busy days, and mighty easy to make, too. You just add to milk, mix, and in only minutes, Jell-O instant puddings are ready to serve. Now, the most delicious, smoothest puddings your family has ever tasted. Serve Jell-O instant puddings simply in practically no time at all. Or make them fancy in seconds with such bright toppings as whipped cream, chopped nuts, or one of those gay red or green Marciano, Maraschino cherries, or sliced bananas even. Now, even the youngsters can help mom make desserts with Jell-O instant puddings. They'll find it's fun and so easy, too, to make Jell-O instant puddings. So treat your family to the five wonderful Jell-O instant pudding flavors. Mellow vanilla, rich chocolate, golden good butterscotch, caramel, and the newest Jell-O instant pudding flavor sensation, lemon. You keep plenty of Jell-O instant puddings on hand for your busy days. Jell-O instant puddings, the perfect last-minute desserts that anyone can make. It must have been quite a fight to keep the sponsor after that. <laughs> There's nothing like a royal tour to instill trepidation into the minds of experienced announcers. Here are a few classic lip-slips, just as they told off the rungs of various Canadian and American radio hosts. Oh, no. One of the seamen in the forecastle has just tossed a leaving land, uh, uh, heaving line to one of the harbor craft here. They're still talking here today about the two balls that were held Thursday night to mark Queen Elizabeth's visit. The events had one thing in common. They ended in a crush. At the Queen Elizabeth Hotel, scene of the official ball, 2,000 guests got so unruly that RCMP had to form a wedge to push them back. And now this is Robert Brazil atop the grandstand in the ceremonial area once again. The Royal Brat Britannia is coming through the Seaway Channel towards the symbolic gate. She's at 9.45 this morning, just about two hours ago, the Royal Yacht Britannia completed her voyage up the St. Lawrence Seaway from Montreal, entered Toronto Bay, and berthed at Pier 16 at the Keene's Quay. Never in the history of Toronto has a royal visitor received such a welcome as... That is why we feel that in welcoming Her Majesty to Chicago, we are welcoming, welcoming her for all the people of a great nation. So now we're prepared for the closing ceremonies and the departure of the Queen. And finally, Prince Elizabeth, uh, Prince Philip has arrived to join the Queen, Queen Elizabeth, on the platform. The platform is covered. We can see the white-jacketed Duke of Edinburgh chatting to these officials who are very, very close to the departure point right now. And now the royal barge departs and is on its way out to the Britannia as fireworks sparkle in the skylight over the city of Chicago. The flag's waving and the bands are now finished and the party is all over. And Queen Elizabeth departs from the shore of Lake Michigan out to the Royal Rot, royal Rot Britannia and she will be on her way back to Canada for the tour of the Commonwealth up there. Another big challenge came when worldwide competition started for supremacy in the hockey world. The old-timers of the Hot Stove League struggled to adjust. As I recall it, the Russian player's name was Puchkov. On the basis of that, a lot of people here thought that Canada might uh, defeat Russia by quite a decisive margin. Who knew how this uh, Russian uh, goalie Puchkov, they were looking at uh, in an upper league. <laughs> oh, pardon me. 
right. wonder how he'd look in the National Hockey League. Milt, I'll turn this over to you. Well, as I said, the way that defense is playing hockey, I don't know how he'd look because uh, they're stopping most of the shots. Properly setting up the studio for a live remote conversation can be rather complicated. Here's how not to let everyone participate. Well, Doug, I think I made a little error on that. That was a tune written by Cootie Williams, who used to play with Duke Ellington's orchestra, originally called Concerto for for Cootie. (laughs) And, of course, Nat Cole. How are things down Montreal way? Well, uh, for one who does get around these days, uh, I guess that would be James Q. Chorley. Are you in on the other end of the line there, Jim? Yes, we are, Doug, reading you loud and clear from Osmere Golf and Country Club, about 18 miles for your information from downtown Montreal. From that end of the... Can you hear me, Doug? Ah, uh, now you're coming in loud and clear. Good, I'll repeat what I said at the opening. the weather down around Osmere? The weather is beautiful. Today, the sun has been shining brightly all morning. The temperature in the high 70s at the moment with a slight breeze. There has been some cloud, but it's of the white, fluffy type. So at the moment, there are no worries about rain. And the public are out here in large numbers. We've got some kind of a hitch up in here somewhere or other. Uh, We expect to have Jim Chorley coming in along with Hillis Pickens and Bud Donovan uh, as we cover from the game of the day situation here in Toronto. You say hello, Jim, if uh, you can hear anything from this end. All right, Doug, I'm saying hello. Can you hear me from this end? Hello, Doug. Hello. Hello, Mr. Maxwell on the game of the day. This Fine. is Jim Chorley reporting from Islesmere. How's the weather down there? Can you hear me now? The weather's beautiful, Doug. The sun has been shining brightly all morning. The temperature in the high 70s at the moment. A slight breeze blowing. Some cloud, but of the white fluffy type. So at the moment, no worries about rain. A great crowd of people out here to watch these professionals today. Hey, okay, Jim. We seem to be having a little trouble hearing you at this end for any kind of conversation. So how about taking it down there with Hillis Pickens and Bud Donovan. Tell us what's happening and what has happened and what looks to be happening in the 50th annual Canadian Open Golf Tournament. Bill Bessie had many popular on-air personae. He had an amazing ability to take just about any disaster into stride. Here's Cousin Bill, at his best, turning an ugly glitch into a cool gag. Hank Williams. Well, let's see, here's another one from his album of all the great hits he recorded in the past. Hank to go a-howling at the moon. Golly, I don't think Hank ever sang like that. Some of those tapes they, they dubbed there got played a little bit fast. Oh, he's doing all right now? All right, Hank Williams. Well, sugar, took one look at you. Long, dull shifts can be dangerous. The classic bored announcer gag is to break up your equally bored partner. At the best of times, laxative commercials can be hazardous, too. Here's one from NBC Radio's Weekend Monitor program. We'll have details on the Reverend King's stabbing story in just a moment. The following report from leading hospital tests is important to every laxative user. This doctor's report covering seven leading laxatives proves... Dr. Edwards' olive tablets, 58% more effective than every other type laxative tested. Developed by a practicing physician, olive tablets are 100% pure vegetable. They work gently, pleasantly, 
There's no irritation, no distressing upsets. So next time you need a laxative, use the only laxative. These doctors themselves prove 58% more effective. Get extra effective... (coughs) 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 Excuse me. Extra effective, extra gentle olive tablets at your drug counter today. And here's another fine product of Plow Incorporated that you want to use. Modern formula Musterol. Whenever exercise or overwork makes your muscles stiff and sore or you feel achy due to a chest cold, be sure to rub on Musterol. The amazing pain reliever GM7 plus stimulating oil of mustard ease pain and local congestion in a hurry. For muscle aches, rub on Musterol. Here again is Russ Tornabin in Washington. Another prank is to cue someone who is not expecting it. Like this intro to NBC's sultry-voiced Miss Monitor. While she was still out in the hall... Now, Miss Monitor. Tacoma, Washington. Thundering sales increase for Rambler. Now fourth largest selling car. An equally dangerous idea is to put a VIP guest on the spot. Neil Leroy was famous for blunt questions, but the one he put to the chief of police topped them all. And as Inspector Pearsall says so many times to a large number of children, he influences with his work. The policeman is your friend, and that's the thing we want to get across to all small children. Well, you've been checking over your force, chief. Are all our policemen friendly? Well... (laughs) I would say yes, they are, Mr. Leroy. They certainly are as far as children are concerned. I hope every... Our final clip comes from the CBC Outside Broadcast Department's coverage of a November 11th Remembrance Day ceremony from the National Cenotaph in Ottawa. As the band played mournfully and the announcer described the dignitaries performing their duties, something sinister was brewing in the nearby rail yards. And now the Prime Minister of Canada, the Right Honourable Louis Saint-Laurent, approaches and places a wreath on behalf of the Canadian people. He is walking up the steps and places his wreath to the right of His Excellencies, the Governor-Generals. Stands at the base of the memorial, bows his head, and retreats. And now on behalf of Canada's ex-servicemen and women, the Dominion President of the Canadian Legion... On that note of somber hilarity, we can only give thanks that radio's innocent beginnings went so far ugly. You've been listening to Beyond Our Control, a salute to some of radio's more spontaneous moments, with particular emphasis on CBC programming. Our profound thanks go to Reginald Fessenden, without whose inventive genius none of this would ever have happened. The cast included many of the on-air heroes whose earnest efforts have nurtured the Canadian radio audience over the past 70 years. 
Scores of long-suffering denizens of the control room provided technical operations. Indeed, it was their perverse sense of humor that preserved this more human side of Canada's broadcast industry. This is the CBC. From our Canadians Abroad file, we have an episode of Command Performance from May 18, 1942, and it features the Winnipeg-born actress and singer Deanna Durbin. USA, the greatest entertainers in America, as requested by you, the fighting men of the United States Armed Forces throughout the world. Command Performance, presented this week and every week till it's over. Over there. Okay, men, here's that show of yours again. Command Performance, presenting the world's biggest combination of stars for the world's best combination of fighting men. Here's the opening letter for tonight from Seaman First Class, WCM, somewhere in Australia. Dear Command Performance, recently you read a letter from a sailor who heard about Betty Grable keeping company with George Raft. The Blue Jacket tried to sell Betty on the fact that he had a nice big battleship, so why should she waste her time with a raft? Well, from what we saw of the way George made love to Ida Lupino in a picture we caught down here, that guy's no raft. He's a destroyer. How's about us letting us hear from him? Well, here he is, buddy. Betty Grable's one-man convoy, George Raft. Thank you, Paul Douglas, and greetings to the men we're pinning our hopes on to pin the enemy's ears back. I don't believe any half-hour program ever broadcast had as many stars on as the one you're about to hear. You've heard some of them over the red network, some of them over the blue network. But this is the biggest hookup of all, the red, white, and blue network, the worldwide chain that links Uncle Sam's armed forces with the land they're fighting to defend. Our show opens with the answer to a request from three corporals, initials J.J., P.W., and J.H.E., on a mine flotilla somewhere in the South Pacific. For them, we are happy to present two young ladies with a sense of humor as sharp as a hatchet and faces to match. Brenda and Corbina. Tonight, Brenda and Cabina, those two glamour goons, have a blind date with two lucky privates from the Southern California sector. Let's run up to their apartment and see what's detaining them. Brenda? What is it, Cobina? Gee, isn't it exciting getting dressed to go out on a blind date? Yeah, I love blind dates, don't you? Blind or sober, as long as they're men. <laughs> I'm talking about soldiers. Oh, soldiers? You mean a soldier's gonna go out with you? Yeah. Boy, Sherman was right, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, I feel sorry for the soldiers that gotta go out with you. 
They not only gotta peel potatoes, they gotta go out with one. <laughs> Brenda, how dare you say that? After all, I was once a beauty contest winner. Sure, you won a beauty contest, but who was in it? Not even people. So, you should talk with your face. What's the matter with my face? It looks like an unconfirmed report. <laughs> oh, you think you're so smart ever since you ran over that Jap with his own lawnmower. <laughs> Let's not fight. Come on, let's finish dressing. Oh, how do you like my long winter underwear? It's very pretty, but your escape hatch is open. <laughs> gee, gee, I, I hope the boys get here soon. Otherwise, we'll be out all night and... I'll be late for work in the morning. Oh, by the way, how do you like your new job out at Lockheed? <laughs> Fine. You know, I think the foreman likes me. Yeah? How can you tell? Yesterday when I passed by, he pinched me. <gasps> pinched you? Hard? Sure, he used a pair of pliers. <laughs> oh. Come on now, stop talking and get dressed. Oh, dear. Where's my big Spanish comb? Over there, with your manila hair. <laughs> Oh, I feel so romantic tonight. I was romantic last night, too. You know, I was out with the Marines. You were? Yeah, and I pretended I was a beautiful blonde spy just to see if I could get some military information out of him. Yeah? Did you get any military information out of him? No, I was lucky to get a short beer. <laughs> And I found out something about the fleet. The sailor told you something about the fleet? Yeah. You know where all our big ships are? No, where? In the water. <laughs> Marty. Now, look, Brenda. When these soldiers come to call for us, do you think we ought to go out or sit here in the apartment in front of the fire? Oh, it's a lovely fire, isn't it? I'll say. Too bad we haven't got a fireplace. <laughs> You know, I've got a wonderful idea. When the boys get here, we'll show them these pictures we took last summer in our bathing suits. Sex. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. Show them this one of me in my bathing suit right here. Look, what do you think of it? How many days were you in the water? <laughs> that's not a very nice thing to say, Hobina. Everybody on the beach said I look like Veronica Lake. Oh, I know you've been trying to look like Veronica Lake, but you got it backwards. Backwards? How? Well, you've got one eye combed down over your hair. <laughs> well, well, we can't all be perfect. Oh, you know, the boys ought to be here pretty soon. What time is it? I don't know. The clock stopped. I better wind it. Never mind winding it. Stop looking at it. <laughs> oh, gee, I'm so excited. How do I look? Well, all right, but uh, your slip is showing. It is? Yeah, you can still see the sign fragile. Use no hook. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I wish those soldiers would hurry. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, gee. That, that must be the boys now. I'll, I'll open the door. Oh, oh, it's George Raff. Oh, hello, girls. Uh, a man in uniform gave me this government letter for you. Oh, but maybe it's from those soldiers. I'll see what it says. But, but, well, gee, where's Brenda? What is it, Copina? How do you like that? We passed our physical. We're both 1A. <laughs>
Thank you, Brenda and Cabina. And now... For Staff Sergeant RCM, location censored. For Engineer VPM at Army Post Office 863. For the Jungle Mudders of Panama, Penn State, Yank, and the RAF. And all the boys up at Dutch Harbor, Alaska. Command Performance brings you Deanna Durbin. Thank you, George Raff, and thanks to the boys for asking me. Out at Universal Studios, where I work, there's a man we call casting director. He chooses all the performers and assigns them their respective parts in the pictures. On this program, you men are the casting directors. And I want to thank you for inviting me here tonight for the most thrilling role I've ever played. Now, here is the song that seemed to be the favorite of the boys on my recent tour of the training camps here at home.
Our thanks to Deanna Durbin and salutations to the greatest boogie-woogie piano player in the world. He's been a sensation from Sugar Hill to Hollywood, from Basin Street to famous Carnegie Hall. Here he is, answering the requests of two of his fans from Harlem, now fighting for Uncle Sam under General MacArthur, Mead Lux Lewis. Thank you, Mr. Rath. Now for all my friends. I've got some boogie rhythm to lay in your laps, and I hope it keeps you stomping, stomping out Jeff. Here we go with the Yancey special. Thank you, Mead Lux Lewis. And thanks to Mr. Eddie Paul, who is conducting our orchestra tonight. Now for Corporal MFL at Fort Randolph. The engineers in the canal zone. Corporal BS at APO 810. Twelve machine gunners somewhere in Australia and some fellows who call themselves the Delancey Street Blarney Stoners in North Island. The singing sensation of 1942. The Southland's own Dinah Shaw. Georgie, and hello there, fellas. 
Oh, it was swell of you to ask for me again, and I want you to know that things are mighty fine back here at home. That light Miss Liberty holds in her hand is still shining brighter than ever, and we still have no use for the rising sun. Next week on the Eddie Cantor Show, I'm going to introduce a song I'm convinced will be a big hit. Here's a special preview of it just for you. was a handsome young Irish lad and she was a Mexican beauty. It was Fiesta and I might add romantically he was on duty. A boy and a girl eat the stars. I can tell it in 64 bars. His Irish heart went bingo when he saw the Rose of Juarez. Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, Lopez Oh, you're a lovely thing, oh For me there's but one girl, he says Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, Lopez Mandolins began to play And her lips were there to kiss as they danced, I heard him say, New Jersey was never like this. The bells began to ring, oh, and they rode away on a mule. To prove I'm not joking, if you're in Hoboken, drop in for a minute and you'll meet Conchita, Marquita, Lolita, Pepita, Rosita, Juanita, oh, too. Little Teresa, Maria, Elisa, and Patsy, and Molly, and Mike. And there's Jose, and Pancho, and Pedro, and Sancho, and Tommy, and Timmy, and Spike. Of course, there are others, their sisters and brothers. They're older, and they go to school. Flash! The doctor announces eight pounds, seven ounces. One more for Lopez and O'Toole. Thank you, Dinah Shaw. Next comes a letter from Private J.J.B., a fighting Marine somewhere in the South Pacific. Dear Command Performance, my hometown is Mena, Arkansas, where everybody else knows all about your business. Out here in this island, our business is to knock off Japs. And believe me, business ain't bad. But I've still got time for some of that hometown gossip. So how's about letting us hear from a former Arkansas wholesale grocer and a former Arkansas automobile finance man who put the small town into the big time, the famous homespun team of Lum and Abner? Well, after that letter, there's only one thing to do, and that's to try to make a contact with Pine Ridge. And I suspect that if we're successful, we'll find Lum and Abner in their famous jot in down store trying to help Cedric Weehut with one of his problems. Well, here goes for a quick trip to Pine Ridge. A draft board questionnaire? For goodness sake, Cedric, you ought to fill this out a long time ago. Yes, Mom, I know it. Well, why ain't you done it then, Cedric? Well, I've been aiming on doing it ever since I got it, but my old trouble kept coming back. What old trouble? I can't write. Uh, well, I reckon we'll just have to do it firm and long. Uh, how did it start out there? Yeah, let's see here. Selective service questionnaire. 
Identification. My name is what, Cedric? Mr. Lumetters. No, it says here, my name is blank. <laughs> we all just thought it was Lumetters. Well, <laughs> I did too, Cedric. Well, that is my name. I- I'm talking about your name, Cedric. Oh, well, that ain't mine neither. My name's Cedric Weehunt. That's all I wanted to know. Well, you knowed what his name was, Long. That don't make no difference. This has got to be dead legal. Got to be answered uh, by Cedric himself. Oh, oh, go ahead. In addition to the names given above, I have also been known as blank. Mom. Well. Have you ever had any other names besides Cedric? No, Mom. Still got the same name I had ever since I was a baby. He means a nickname, Cedric. Oh, yes, Mom. Uh, Mose Moots calls me Goofy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one for you. Put that down, Mom. Yeah, G-O-F-Y, Goofy. Yeah. What else? That's all except Jughead they call me at school. (laughs) Jughead. Now, uh, address. Whereabouts do you live, Cedric? Over to place. Lives with his paw, Mom. That's where he lives. Yeah, lives with Caleb Weehunt. That's right. Uh, you can fill in these easy ones in yourself, Cedric. Let's get down to the hardens here. Education. Are you a college graduate? Oh, let's see. <laughs> I don't think I am. <laughs> Leastways, I don't recollect it if I am. I know I went as far as the third grade, though. Well, did you graduate from there, Cedric? No, Mama. I just left because I got so big I couldn't get my knees up under them desks no more. <laughs> Well, I can't put all that down here. I'll just say no. Yeah, put down no. I know they don't give no diplomas for the third reader, no. Well, let's see here. Um, height and weight. How tall are you, Cedric? I don't know. Same height as my Paul, though. Well, how tall is he? Well, he's just exactly the same as me. <laughs> well, we can't tell by that, Cedric. Oh, wait a minute. I know. Uh, can, you, can you go by my Uncle Frank? Go by him. Yes, Mom. Him and Paul and me is all the same height. Well... Well, we're getting someplace now. How tall is your Uncle Frank? I don't know that, neither. For goodness sakes. You better just put down there, Lom, a uh, tall as Uncle Frank's what you better put. Yeah, I reckon I'll have to. <laughs> now, age. How old are you, Cedric? Well, now, that's one thing I don't believe I recollect. Well, what year was you born in, Cedric? We can figure it out from there, I reckon. Oh, let's see, uh, what year, what yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know it wasn't 1934, because I was going to school then. <laughs> <laughs> well, think hard now, Cedric. Uh, how many birthdays have you had? Oh, I've had five. Oh, you know good and well you've had more than that. When's your birthday? Oh, February the 29th. So, see, I, I don't have a birthday except on leap year. Oh, doggies, that's right, ain't it? Just had five birthdays. Well, according to that thing, you ain't but five year old, Cedric. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know I know good and well I'm older than that. I've got a little brother, six year old, and I know I'm older than that. <laughs> no, you're wrong there, Cedric. You ain't had but five birthdays. Why, you couldn't be older than your brother. How many has he had? I don't know. Six, I think. Yeah. Well, he's six, then, and you're five. Well, he ain't but that high, though. Yeah. Well, I'll admit you are a little big for a young and just five-year-old, but that's all you could be, Cedric. Well, here, then, ain't no use to fill out this form. 
You're too young to go in the Army, Cedric. Why, sure, yeah. Hadn't no business registering for the draft in the first place. It, did you tell him that you was over five year old when you registered, Cedric? Yes, Mom, I think so. Oh, my goodness alive. That's a giver man you're fooling with there. Why, they're liable to get you for trying to get in the Army under false pretense. Well, I don't believe they'd send no five-year-old young into the penitentiary. No. Well, I know good and well I'm more than any five-year-old. I, I won't be just five. I, I, I won't stand for it. Well, you oughtn't have got born on the 29th of February. That's where you made your mistake. <laughs> Here I was aiming on getting married to Clarabelle Seastrunk. For the land sakes. Why, you're too young to be thinking about such things as that, Cedric. I did have a five-year-old young and want to start housekeeping. <laughs> Ain't you ashamed of yourself? Now look at you, standing there blubbering around about how old you are. Your big brother don't cry because he's just six, does he? Well, he ain't my big brother, no such a thing. He is, Donnie. He has to sit in a high chair. Well, you ought to be in one. Don't tease him, Abner. Well, I'm going over and ask Paul if I'm just fine. Go on, ask him, see if I care. Be careful crossing the street now, Cedric. <laughs> Granny's, I feel sorry yeah. for him, Abner. Poor little feller, he wanted to get in the army so bad. Yeah, bless his heart. Bless his little heart. Well, here, Abner, we can't let a young in his age be running around on the streets by himself. Hey, wait a minute, Cedric. Me and Abner will take you home. Thank you, loving Abner. And now, four sons of old Eli, stationed at a secret airdrome of the United States Ferry Command somewhere deep in a jungle far away India. May we proudly present a seaman who served in our regular Navy in 1917, our own Rudy Valley. Thank you, George Raft. High hold to the fighting men in Uncle Sam's armed forces everywhere. For the Yale boys in India, the sportsmen and I sing the Yale Whiffenpoof song. To the tables down at Maury's to the place where Louis dwells, to the dear old temple bar we love so well. Sing the whiffin' puffs assembled with their glasses raised on high, and the magic of their singing casts its spell. Yes, the magic of their singing of the songs we love so well Shall I waste him And Mavornim And the rest We will serenade our Louis While life and voice shall last Then we'll pass and be forgotten with the rest. We're poor little lambs who have lost our way. Baba, we're little black sheep who have gone astray. Baba. Damned from here to eternity. 
God have mercy on such as we. Baba, gentlemen, songsters off on a spree, damned from here to eternity. God have mercy on such. said when they bombed the alarm clock factory in Tokyo. My, how time flies. But set your alarm for the same time next week, and command performance will sound off again on schedule. In the meantime, you guys in the bombers, hit them high. You guys in the subs, hit them low. And you guys in the khaki and navy blue, hit them hard and hit them again. Whenever, wherever you find them. Just keep remembering that this war was started by a crank with a chip on his shoulder. And it's going to be finished by a yank with a gun on his shoulder. So long. Remember, men, this is your show, Lock, Stock, and Barrel. Keep sending those requests to command performance and care of your favorite station. And keep sending good news of that job you're doing in care of your favorite nation. That's all the time we have for this week. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.